it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in to the Big Ten Football Preview and Projection Show. Luke Yardy here along with Anthony Broom for Maze and Brew podcast on the SB Nation podcast network, taking a look at each team in the Big Ten individually as we get you ready for football season in the Big Ten. This is our fourth show. We've done Illinois, we've done Rutgers, and we've done Nebraska. Make sure to check out those shows as well if you have any interest to see our thoughts on those teams as they shape up as we're ready to take a look at the Purdue Boilermakers here today under head coach Jeff Brom in his fifth year with the Boilermakers. Anthony, this is a really intriguing team over in the West. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the, the theme of, well, the first two were kind of programs that were just in the, in the beginning stages of starting over. And these next yeah. two that we've talked about, where we talked about Nebraska in the last episode, now we're talking about Purdue. It's kind of, okay, when is this going to pop for these guys? Because Scott Frost was a big hire at Nebraska and Jeff Brown was a guy who had a big star um, on him when yeah. he was hired to take over Purdue. Great start. Yeah, that was a, you know, kind of had a, I don't want to say a target on his back, but someone who probably could have got a job much better than Purdue. So I'm, I'm really interested in talking about where this team goes. Cause I think their schedule is super interesting. I think the, where they find themselves as a program right now it is pretty interesting, but um, it, it's, it's been a lot of, again, Michigan is a program a lot that gets talked about all, all flash, but not a lot to show for it. That's kind of been the theme of Purdue under Jeff Brom, especially when you consider, you know, a guy like Rondell Moore, they weren't, I mean, outside of an upset win over Ohio state a couple of years ago, which we would yeah. kill for, by the way, um, <laughs> that's, that's probably been like the high point and it, it hasn't been really topped by that for them. 
Yeah, I mean, he started off with a bang, right? Came in, took over a three and nine uh, Purdue team. That that's what they went in 2016. Took over in 2017. Went seven and six. Brought him to a bowl game in year one, and it was like, wow, you know. Uh, I, I believe that was people. People forget. I mean, Purdue was Rutgers bad for a couple years there. Yeah, yeah. It, did I get that right, or did he take over in 16? Uh, 2017 was his first year. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was the year I remember, man, they remember they had the hoopla around the Michigan game and, and Michigan was able to win that one. It was a pretty hard fought game, but that was a really hype year, uh, for Purdue. Uh, Jeff Brom had them doing a lot of really good stuff on offense that we hadn't seen really, uh, for Purdue in quite some times they had some flash they had some playmakers out there but ever since then they just weren't able to get it going did decent in 2018 they were able to get to another bowl game but the last couple of years really been disappointing two and four last year 22 and 34 in their last five years again highlighted by that seven win season jeff brom 19 and 25 at purdue in four years he has gone to two bowl games though as we mentioned yeah, 1925. That's also the same uh, year that the last time their medical facilities were uh, were upgraded. Yeah. Um, you can ask Wilton Spates back uh, how he feels about that. That was, um, yeah. yeah, that was rough. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, six and seven for Purdue a couple of years ago, uh, Rondell Moore's freshman year, like that's a pretty, they finished second in the West that year. So like for Purdue football, like the bar, that's that's a pretty high bar for them. Uh, and I don't yeah. think it's any coincidence that uh, with more hurt most of the last couple of seasons, four and eight, two and four is, is kind of where they've been. So uh, six and 12 in that span. So in that apple, 2018 right? year, you look at the schedule, Anthony, man, that could have been a huge year for Purdue. They lost to they lost the first three games of the year. They lost to Northwestern by four to Eastern Michigan by one and then to Missouri by three. And Eastern you look Michigan, what they did was the rest. If they had, yeah, no, but if they had started like clicking just from the beginning of that year, that could have been a huge year for Purdue. And they just, they haven't been able to build on it, even with a guy like Rondale Moore there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, my initial reaction with this program is that I feel like they really kind of missed a window to really yeah. make headway over in the big 10 West because they don't have, I mean, no one has a Rondale Moore on their roster. Like few teams across all of college football have a Rondale Moore, but that guy went to Purdue and that could have yeah. been the type of, you know, linchpin signing that kind of catapulted them into superstardom. And what, what has happened since then is that uh, Indiana, not Purdue has been the program in the big 10 program in Indiana that has taken off. That looks like it set itself up for sustainable success. Whereas this year we look at Purdue, we look at Jeff Brown where, um, you know, a guy was 30 and 10 at Western Kentucky, one one ten games one year, one twelve games one year. Um, you know, come back and the record is what it, the record is what it is. And, and namely, like you're six and ten over the last, or I'm sorry, six and twelve in the last two seasons. So this is, I know we've we've talked about how maybe this year was a maybe not so much a make or break year for Scott Frost. Jeff Brom might be the guy who's kind of like everyone's kind of pointing and looking at this year as, hey, is are you going to turn this around or do we need to open up another coaching search or because what we're looking at is, and this is probably what would happen if he lost his job at Purdue, Bill O'Brien's going to get a head coaching job because working at Alabama is coaching Viagra. It just revitalizes your career. 
Jeff Brom gets fired uh, at Purdue. He probably goes, lines up as the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban and then gets, you know, an upper tier power five job in a year right. or two. But um, until that happens, he's, he's got his hands full with Purdue and turning this thing around there. Um, you know, as we get into the roster, I think they've got a couple stars on each side of the ball. I think David yep. Bell is one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Probably, arguably, the best non-Ohio State receiver in the Big Ten. Um, George Karlaftis, that was a guy that Michigan was in on as a recruit. I think he was a five-star guy, but defensive end, and, and you know, obviously Michigan needs defensive line depth now, so that kind of hurts as a, as a miss. But mm-hmm. um, two guys there yeah. that I, on, on each side of the ball as we kind of get into what their roster looks like, um, I think you've got stars on each side of the ball, but is it is it enough? Do they have enough anywhere else? Well, that's uh, this is interesting. You mentioned David Bell, by the way, 625 yards and eight touchdowns a year ago. Uh, just a tremendous season. Uh, Karlaftis only played two games last year. He was second team all Big Ten uh, as a sophomore where he had 17 tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks as a freshman. Uh, at Purdue and again just the two games last year that really hurt that Purdue defense Uh, and interesting to me is you got a couple of guys returning at the quarterback position here that I think uh, uh, Brom might be able to do something with you got Jack Plummer uh, the sophomore and then former walk-on Aiden O'Connell so Plummer he completed 71 percent of his passes for 935 938 yards eight touchdowns two interceptions a lot of that coming in a three-game stretch he struggled uh, in a couple of games against TCU, Penn State, and Illinois just threw for just 124 yards per game, but in his other four games, threw for 309 yards per game. O'Connell started the last three. Uh, He completed 64.7% of his passes, 916 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, a 135.3 quarterback rating. Sounds like it's going to be the sophomore Jack Plummer, but you have a viable option as a backup to be able to throw to a guy like David Bell. Uh, We'll see what their rushing looks like. It wasn't that great a year ago. Xander Holbrath uh, was pretty good there as well. Uh, He he rushed for 442 yards and two touchdowns, but five yards a carry. They didn't run the ball as a team very well last year, but they've got some explosiveness on the offensive side. And if Karlaftis can stay healthy, uh, this this could be a decent Purdue team that might sneak up on some people. Yeah. um, Rushing attack was dead last in the Big Ten last year with – 81.5 yards per game. That was 124th nationally. Now, passing, best passing offense in the Big Ten. They were 16th in the country, um, 70th overall in in total offense. But like I said, when you run the the ball as poorly as they did, that checks out. So if they can run the ball better, I mean, that's, that's a big deal for them. I mean, Rondell Moore didn't play, so he wasn't much of a factor last year. Like, they were still... You know, right. still to have the one of the best passing offenses in college football, that's that's still pretty impressive. So, um, you know, defensively, look over the stats: sixty seventh in scoring, they were forty fourth in rushing, which is not that's not terrible. Top half of the Big Ten, that was good for sixth. Uh, their pass defense was really bad. Twelfth uh, in the Big Ten, ninety fourth nationally, fifty uh, sixth in total defense, and you lose a guy off that defense. Um, in Derek Barnes, who you know we have a little tie to him now, and that he plays for uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, he was a fourth round pick. So, is is Karlaftis enough, or is he going to be like the Brandon Graham guy, where he's just the one guy on a really bad defense? That's probably to me the biggest question um, for them in general, because I, I think it's pretty safe to say they're going to have a good offense that 
is a pain in the ass, but will they build, will be, will they be able to stop anyone is my biggest question. It, that that is obviously going to be key number one for them. And if they can, uh, this is going to be uh, kind of interesting. They've got a couple of transfers on that side uh, coming in at, at DB. They've got a Kentucky uh, transfer in uh, Jamari Brown coming in, who's going to be a backup corner and maybe play the slot a little bit for them. Um, they've got some experience on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, Carl Laftis, you could take, you know, his experience with the great assault dude is just an absolute stud, uh, but you got a couple juniors, couple seniors playing uh, projected to start on that side. The quarterback play is going to be going to be huge for this team. And with Jack Plummer, uh, presumably starting another year under his belt, a full fall, full spring, Hey man, uh, Purdue could be Purdue could be decent in the West. They're not going to compete with Wisconsin and Iowa. I, I know, I, I get it, but they they could be a team that you mentioned when we talked about Illinois. It'd be a thorn in some team sides. Yeah, uh, and it's worth noting too. Like they are going, um, you know they they spent the spring they installed a four three defense, and and this is interesting too. Again, every episode has had some kind of tie to Michigan so far. Um, Ron English. Uh, is going to coach the cornerbacks for them now. So, oh wow, we'll see how that uh, we'll see how cool. that plays out. See how that. There's a little fun fact for the day, but um, yeah, I, I think you know what's interesting team... to me, Anthony, is yeah. I'm looking back on the last seven years for Purdue, and that rushing attack has fallen off tremendously. In in the first two years under Jeff Brom, his first year they rushed for 152 yards a game. Then they rush for 136 yards a game in the last two, 83 and 82 yeah, uh, rushing bad. yards per game. I, I, I don't know what's happened there, man. I, I mean, that's that's got to be something that's fixed because obviously you can have a good passing attack, but I, you're just not keeping up the, enough with these teams. I mean, they lost some close tough games last year, but you've got a tough schedule to, to play against this year and you've got to be able to control the game. You know what I'm saying? You don't have the firepower that some of these teams that you're going to be playing do. You have to control the game. I know football in 2021, we don't want to hear that. But when you are undermanned, that's what you need to do. So it's funny you brought that up because uh, here's a stat for you. Um, Purdue ranked last in the Big Ten and 123rd nationally in explosive run plays, which I believe um, or explosive plays, period. Uh, which is a run of 10 or more yards or a pass of 30 more, 30 or more yards. So Purdue is at 5.8%. That's really bad. That's, that's pretty pedestrian. So um, it's not just pedestrian. It's terrible. Um, One other number as we switch to like the defensive side of the ball. And this, this probably has a lot to do with the fact that George Karth Laftis was not on the field a ton, but uh, they were last in the big 10 and 125th in the country in sack uh, and sack rate, 2.5% of dropbacks. Oh. That's, oh my God, that's that's putrid. Now, one would assume that number is going to go up a ton. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Their, their season kind of feels like it it might hinge on, um, obviously, how effective Karlaftis can be if he even stays healthy. But you got to have more than one guy, too. Like, you can throw a double or triple team on him, and, and if it might not matter. So, um yeah, what's amazing to me is, you know, they go two and four last year, but every one of their games outside of Nebraska that they lost 37-27 was a one-score game, one-possession game. They were competitive, and they came out of the gate yeah. at 2-0, and, oh, and you're kind of thinking, wow, like, is this 
because they beat Iowa and as my dog is squeaking away, I can't edit that out. It's live because she's doing it over me because she's rude as hell. Um, they, they come out of the gate at two and oh, so you're kind of thinking like this might be the team to beat out West and, and they lose the Northwest and you know, they lost their four games after that. So um, they were close though, which yeah. would kind of lend you right. to believe that they're close. They might be, there might be something there, but this is where I'm interested now at looking towards this year's schedule. Um, yeah, what, what should the expectation be for Purdue fans here? Like, where where is their expectation level? What keeps Jeff Brom's job secure? Well, they got to get back to a bowl game. Uh, they've only okay. won six games over the last two years. You yeah. probably need to win six games this year. Um, and Vegas has their over-under set at five. But I want to go through, the, before we talk about that, I want to go through the schedule. Um, yes. Oregon State at home, that should be a win. At Connecticut, Connecticut win. is, I mean, that's um, at Notre Dame, probably not happening for them. But then they've got Illinois at home. They've got Minnesota at home. They go to Iowa. They have Wisconsin at home. They go to Nebraska. They get Michigan State at home. They go to Ohio State. They play Northwestern at Wrigley Field, I think. I, I think that's a yes, neutral site game. at Wrigley. Um, and then end the season against Indiana. Like, I don't know. I look at this schedule, and it's – it looks somewhat like I can see six. I think it's fa- I, I think favorable is the word I would use here uh, for them. Obviously, the the game at Notre Dame that's that's probably going to be a loss. But yeah. I'm looking at a three and one start for this Purdue team, and they've we're no we're no um, uh, stranger to them coming out of the gate hot. As you mentioned last year, uh, they did so as well in in 2017. Didn't do it in 2018, one of their better seasons, but they finished the year, or at least middle of the season, was pretty strong for them. But yeah. this is a favorable start to them for them to really get things rolling to be to be three and one going into their homecoming against Minnesota, and then hey, who knows, man? You got homecoming. We saw them. Uh, what? you know, being a little hype can do for them in that Ohio state game. Obviously that was under a little more tragic circumstances, but when that place gets rocking, if they throw that, I don't know if they would make it a night game because of homecoming, but that place can, can really get going and weird things can happen there. Yeah. And I look at, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Ohio state game is at Ohio state, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where like, I feel pretty safe in that Oregon state, UConn, Illinois, Michigan state. Those are wins. So for me, that's four, the over under set at five already from there. You just have to get a couple in the grouping of Indiana, Minnesota, Iowa, um, Nebraska, Northwestern. I don't know. This, this feels to me like a, if we're looking at an over under that's set at five, I took the over uh, in my prep. I have it written down. I, I like over because you have returning quarterbacks, uh, probably plumber. As I mentioned, you have one of the better receivers. You have an absolute stud of a defensive end who only played two games and they were competitive in every game they played last year. I love the over at this Purdue team, man. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's not interesting for us to agree, but I think this is episode four in a row where I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I think I'm going with the over there. Um, you know, like I said, quarterback and running back, that's probably their two of their biggest offensive questions. The offensive line hasn't been great. Um, the back yeah. seven on defense, like, I don't know if it's a slam dunk over, but I do feel pretty comfortable going with over five wins, especially where I think, you know, when you look at a schedule where you have um, what I would deem to be three kind of guaranteed wins, um, I think they should beat Oregon State. They'll beat UConn. 
Um, though Michigan fans know you go to UConn, weird things can happen there. That's true. Um, Illinois, Michigan State. Like, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I just feel like, again, it's one of those things where at worst, I like the push, but yeah, you know, not sitting on the fence here. I think I'm, I'm cool with calling them a six one team. I mean, if they could get some decent, decent offensive line play, Phil Steele has that as the seventh bank, uh, seventh best offensive line unit. But I mean, uh, the number two defensive line, number two receiving, number three quarterback. That's the big one for me. That back end is going to be tough. Special teams aren't great. They're, they're last in defensive backs, last in linebackers. But Jeff Brom, the, the, an offensive-minded coach with a good quarterback, good receiving core, they're going to be able to put up some points, I think, if the offense could keep Plummer upright. So I, I do like the over five, given the schedule that they're playing. Well, people are either going to make a lot of money off of us or they're going to be cursing us. So that's um, right. <laughs> I said before how they don't have a, uh, they don't have a Rondale Moore, and they don't, but uh, someone that's kind of had buzz as, as a player that could break out is Milton Wright, who he's a bigger guy. Uh, he's fast. He can get open down the field. Um, and we know, like I said, they weren't, um, they're kind of going to look, I, I assume they're going to look to get back to being a little more explosive offensively. So that's a guy, him and David Bell, those are two guys I would keep an eye on. That that could be a pretty fun duo to watch. Absolutely, man. So yeah, we, we definitely like the over uh, with Purdue. I you know, I might bump them up a little bit uh, in our rankings. They're ranked 11th right now. Might. Yeah, I don't know. Michigan State at 10. I think I think Purdue is going to be a little better than Michigan State here this year, personally. So um, this is, uh, like I said, um, about 50 people chimed in on this. So this is a pretty good sample size of of where people um, and I I don't mind it. If if you put state ahead of Purdue, I'm not going to argue it. uh, You know, no, I think I I would just probably put them up a little bit. I, I think any that eight to 12 range is maybe even seven to 12 when you look at, you know, again, not to look too far ahead and who we have coming up, but I think that uh, there could be a lot of movement there. I don't think any of those teams goes above that, but I think there could be some fluidity to how that winds up looking, but yeah, I don't know. Um, Feels like, I feel like we'll, we'll talk about Maryland coming up, but that's a team that seems to be getting a lot of buzz. And I I feel like it's just based on who they're going to be having play quarterback because Outside of that, man, I don't know. And we'll talk about that in that episode. But they, yeah. a lot of people are high on Maryland, you know, that you sampled for sure. Yeah. Um, there, I can't say there were any surprises in here. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. But, um, yeah, that's our that's our first four. Um, four yeah. in the books, four in, four in the can. That's uh, ten teams to go. Michigan, where, where does Michigan factor in? That's the biggest uh, – it might be the biggest. Uh, when will you hear the Michigan show? I can't tell you that, but uh, no, you better stay subscribed and stay be subscribed. on the lookout for it. Yeah, we'll we'll be here for it. But uh, yeah, um, so far so good. I think these have turned out well. I think a nice little snapshot of of each team, at least, so you get a, an idea of what they bring back heading into this year. So um, not everyone on Michigan's schedule, in fact. Um, Half of these we've done so far, teams not on Michigan's schedule. So um, you're getting, you're expanding your horizons a little bit. We want you to be able to go into your break room, be in your group chat, and talk somewhat knowledgeably about these teams in the Big Ten. So um, for whatever our words are worth, anyways. But I'm rambling. Let's go. Let's get out of here.
Absolutely. Where can people stay subscribed? Be on the lookout for more, Anthony. And where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Again, our shows are on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, wherever you get them. You know that already. You're listening to us on them. Um, descriptions for all the other social stuff is in the or links for that is in the description below. Can you tell we've been recording for a bit? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, appreciate you guys hopping on. Uh, a review always helps. A nice five-star review. And uh, we trudge forward and uh, with the rest of our teams here. Absolutely. That was our look at Purdue for the Big Ten football projections and preview shows where we are looking at every team individually. I'm Luke Yardy. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. If you like video forums, make sure to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel uh, for Maze in Brew. So we've taken a look at four teams, Illinois, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Purdue. We got the other 10 Big Ten teams coming up. So make sure you stick around for that as we're going to be looking at Michigan State in the next episode. We'll see you then.